All right, guys, welcome back. This is Zach Cordell, the Latter-day Saint Nutritionist, and I am your host for this podcast, the Latter-day Saint Nutritionist. I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the Valentine's Day coming up. So in honor of Valentine's Day and as a shout out to President Nelson, who was a heart surgeon, this month's episode will be about hearts and heart health. I did want to say that I have seen the error of my ways, and I have repented. The audio from the last podcast made me so sad, and so I have a new recording equipment, and I've been working with audio technicians to make this podcast sound better for you, the listeners, because without listeners, there would be no need for a podcast. I also want to let you know that, um, you know, that book that I released, The Creation Code? It reached the bestseller status in its category. So thank you guys very much. And just to let you know, the new uh, version of it, the Kindle version, the ebook version of it, the ebook version of it is going to be available for you, will be available for free on Kindle in the Amazon store. So you can go in and get it for free in the next couple of days. I would love to hear your feedback. I also have a link for that in the show notes. But just as a thank you to you guys, I just wanted to make sure that that was available. For those of you who are not the paperback readers, the people that want to just be able to look at it from the viewpoint of a e-reader. And you can use e-reader, you can use a tablet, you can use your phone, you can use a computer, whatever it is. But I would love for you to check it out and leave a review. Let me know what you like and do not like about it. So that as I continue to write books and put information out for those of you that are interested, you can let me know how I can improve that for you. Let's get back into about how men's hearts shall fail them, and not necessarily just in terms of the gospel. This is Zach Cordell, registered dietitian and host for the Latter-day Saint Nutritionist, where food, faith, and science meet. This podcast is not intended to be individualized medical advice. As always, please consult with a medical professional in your area to make sure that your medical history is taken into account to make sure that you get the best care possible. I realize this could be a pretty depressing topic around this time of the season. Um, actually, there's research to say that around the holiday season, the past holiday season, so Thanksgiving, Christmas, there's more heart attacks than usual. And if you have experienced that, I just want to express my sympathies. I'm sorry for you having to deal with that. But I also want to educate you on what is actually going on. So what is heart disease? So in essence, heart disease is whenever you have hardening of your arteries or clogging of your arteries because of plaque buildup. And that is linked to cholesterol, but not necessarily dietary cholesterol, more so blood cholesterol. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But heart disease can affect someone's, willing, someone's likelihood of developing a heart attack or a stroke because you are causing blockages in the blood vessels for someone's blood flow. So it's harder for the blood to get to different locations within the body. And if there's a total blockage, then anything that's on the other side of that blockage is going to have tissue loss or tissue damage or death to that tissue. So a way that you could think about it is that if you are going to close your door, 
then the light from outside is not going to come inside your door. So anything inside, unless it's lit from some other source, is not going to be as bright as it would have been otherwise. I give the example to my students where I say, like, if I am standing on this side of the wall and all the blood's on the other side and the blood doesn't get to me, what happens to me? And they're like, oh, you're dead. And yes, that can happen. But that's the reason that why they encourage people to get access to medical care as soon as possible whenever they notice that there are signs of a stroke or a heart disease or a heart attack that are happening. There's a couple different terms that we'll talk about too so that you can understand that heart disease isn't just like this thing that the universe causes to happen to people. Um, But what is it actually? Now at the beginning of every semester, I will have my students stand up and we do this activity where they walk to one side of the room if they know somebody that has this disease or they have known someone that has had a specific disease and they walk to the other side of the room if they don't. And so we'll go through cancer, we'll go through stroke or heart attack, we'll talk about diabetes, kidney disease, liver disease, and so on and so forth. When I get to hypertension, I'll start and I'll say, if you know somebody that has high blood pressure, go to the right side of the room. And if you don't, go to the left side of the room. And so everybody kind of, the sea, the Red Sea divides and the people go to the right side or they go to the left side. And then I say, okay, now if you know somebody that has hypertension, go to the right side. If you do not, go to the left side. And so people will go to the left side that had been on the right side where they had known people that had high blood pressure. But whenever I call it hypertension, they don't know what that means. And so they go to the left side, meaning that they don't know anybody, but obviously they do. So I call them out on it and I say, all right, so you guys know that these are the same thing. And half the students are like, I thought that it might be. And the other ones are like, yeah, no, I had no idea what that word meant. And I use that as a teaching opportunity to say, look, there are going to be things in this class that you do not understand, words that you have never heard before. And so I'm going to ask you that you will ask questions of me. And I use that example now so that you can know that hypertension and high blood pressure are going to be the same thing. So hypertension, also known as high blood pressure, is whenever you have a lot of pressure in your blood vessels. So that could be because you have a lot of blood volume, meaning that you have drank a lot of fluid and you've eaten a lot of salt. And as a result, you're holding on to both of those things, the salt and the fluid in your bloodstream. And as a, as a result, you have more blood in your bloodstream. So that could be part of it. Or it could be that you are not potentially urinating enough or relieving enough of that fluid. So another way to think about that is it's going to be similar to turning your hose on. You can turn the hose on a little bit and the water will trickle out, or you can turn the water on full blast. And as you turn it on full blast, that hose becomes a little bit more stiff because there's more water volume going through that hose. Another thing is that somebody may not be losing as much fluid as they need to. Maybe they're not urinating quite as much as they should. But more often than not, What's really occurring is that somebody has developed atherosclerosis or a hardening of the blood vessels, meaning that their blood vessels have had plaque buildup on them, and as a result, they're not as flexible as they used to be. And because they're not as flexible, what could be happening is that rather than having one of those stretchy tubes that your grandma gets whenever she goes to a a physical therapist because she tore a rotator cuff, you, instead of having that 
that flexible tube, you now have a PVC pipe. And so the pressure that is mounting against that wall, there's not as much relaxation that is occurring with those blood vessels. Because that relaxation isn't occurring, there's more pressure on the wall of the blood vessel. So that can cause it to burst or that can cause it to tear or that can cause it to have a clot that is on there break off and travel through the blood system. So that's what they mean whenever they're saying that somebody has thrown a clot is that they could have thrown a clot from their leg that then may have gotten caught in their heart or in their arm or some other location where it is now causing a full blockage. So we've covered hypertension. We have covered atherosclerosis. Now coronary artery disease. Coronary artery disease is truly heart disease. The coronary artery is going to be the artery that feeds the bottom half of your heart, basically. And if you block that, then the bottom half of your heart is not going to get oxygen or red blood cells or any of the nutrients that would be traveling through blood. And as a result, they're going to die. So that is when you would need to make sure that you are going to the doctor I mean, all of them, you should seek medical attention so that they can give you a blood thinner and make sure that they find where the blockage is occurring and treat you accordingly. Some of the ways that they will treat people is that they could either give them a blood thinner. They could also give them a stent to go in surgically. And I kind of think of the idea of a Chinese uh, finger trap toy where you have to push your fingers together to alleviate the pressure to uh, get it out. That's kind of how... I envision a stent. That's not exactly how it works, but visually it makes sense. But they go in there and they put a stent. That stent will push that plaque further into the artery walls. And as a result, the blood can travel through a little bit easier. They also might do a bypass where they put a separate blood vessel. Oftentimes they'll take a blood vessel from your leg and put it around the blockage in your heart. And if they do four of those or three of those it would be a quadruple or a triple bypass where they're bypassing the blockage because the blockage is so bad that they can't put a stent in and oftentimes it's not just one of these but they will be put on multiple so they will be put on a blood thinner and they may have put a stent in or they will be on a blood thinner and they have gone through and had quadruple bypass. So a bunch of these things can happen at the same time. So let's take a quick break and then when we come back, we'll talk about cholesterol and food, if that really plays a role in your heart health. We'll talk about why it's the silent killer, um, is what heart disease is known as. And then we'll talk about things that you can do to prevent this from occurring. So we'll be right back. As I said at the beginning of the podcast, my book, The Creation Code, which is based on the days of creation and the lessons that we can learn on goal setting from each of those days, was made into a Amazon bestseller in its category, thanks to you guys. And if you feel like you are still trying to make those changes because potentially your New Year's resolutions didn't go the way you were looking for them to, or you just hadn't made a resolution yet because you weren't really sure what changes you wanted to make and now you think you're ready 
then go ahead and pick up the book. As I mentioned at the beginning, the ebook version will be free for the next couple of days, but I just want to let you guys know I made it free for you guys for the first three days because I wanted to thank those who have subscribed and put forth the effort to, to help me know that this message is worth sharing. So go ahead and head, head on over to Amazon and pick up a free version of that and let me know your thoughts. Let's get back to the podcast. Okay, so we've talked about heart disease, we've talked about atherosclerosis, we've talked about hypertension, but how does it happen? Right, we've, we understand that the plaque builds up, but where does this plaque come from? Now, most of you have probably heard of cholesterol, and cholesterol is a natural substance that your body makes in the liver, and it's used to make hormones and vitamin D. But there are things that we can eat that it can increase the amount of cholesterol that we're going to make. Now, cholesterol is, is a transport molecule. It's important to get things from your liver to different parts of your body and then from different parts of your body back to your liver to be disposed of. So it's a useful tool. But if there's too much of it, that's when it starts to become a problem. So there's good cholesterol, which is HDL, or high-density lipoproteins, and that's going to carry the cholesterol from your tissues back to your liver to be disposed of. And then there's the bad cholesterol, that is LDL, or low-density lipoprotein. And that is going to carry the cholesterol from your liver to your cells to be used. Now, that's all good and dandy, but again, if you have too much of it, and it is transporting things to your cells too often, or there's too much of it free-floating in your bloodstream, then it has a higher likelihood of becoming oxidized. And when it becomes oxidized, it becomes a little bit more sticky than it would have otherwise been. So the simplistic way that I like to think about LDL cholesterol is we've all been driving down that road and there's just this giant pothole and you hit it every single time. So you hit this pothole and you're like, somebody needs to fix that thing. And so you come back a week later and the pothole's fixed. But the person that fixed it didn't really care how they fixed it because they don't drive on that road very often and they don't hit it ever. So it's not a concern to them. So they fix the hole, but in fixing the hole, they just like dump a whole bunch of ats asphalt on it. And when they dump that asphalt on there, now it's no longer a hole in the ground. Now it's like a mound. And that mound is going to catch snow or dirt or trees and twigs and sand and all that stuff. And so while, yes, they did fix the hole, now there's a different problem that's occurred. The same thing happens in your blood vessels. So you might have an agitation or an inflammation that starts to occur on your blood vessel. And as a result, your body's like, all right, well, we've got this plaque. We'll put some plaque over it. We'll smooth it over and we'll be good to go. But because that plaque is there, there are now other plaque molecules or other LDL cholesterol that can be caught on it. And as a result, it continues to build up and build up until it blocks the majority of the blood vessel or the entirety of the blood vessel, and that's where the problem is. Now, cholesterol in and of itself is not all bad. It's just a matter of how often you're getting it, how much you're getting of it, and how often you're consuming it, and if you are clearing it or not. So LDL cholesterol, 
we want to make sure that that's low. HDL cholesterol, we want to make it a little bit higher because if it is higher, it is going to clear that cholesterol out of your system so that you are not going to have free-floating cholesterol in excess. Okay. Now, most people, whenever they've heard of cholesterol, they think automatically to eggs. And if you talk to old people, they're all like, well, I can't have eggs because those have a lot of cholesterol in them. And it's true. They do have a lot of cholesterol. But there's a difference between dietary cholesterol, meaning the cholesterol that you eat, and blood cholesterol, which is the cholesterol that your body synthesizes in the liver and then sends out for use as a transport molecule. So the example is that people will eat eggs and they'll eat bacon and they'll eat cheese. And then they're like, oh, well, I can't have eggs anymore. Those are high in cholesterol. But the truth is that cholesterol, if you were just to eat it, does not raise your blood cholesterol as much as if you were to eat saturated fat. So if I ate a spoonful of saturated fat or a spoonful of cholesterol, my blood cholesterol would go up higher if I ate a spoonful of saturated fat because that stimulates your body to make more cholesterol. While eating dietary cholesterol will have your blood cholesterol go up a little bit, it's not going to have as much of an impact as eating saturated fat would. So while yes, maybe we should avoid eggs, if you're frying those eggs in butter and you're eating bacon with it, and you're eating a lot of cheese with it, that bacon, that cheese, and that butter is all going to have saturated fat. So it's not the cholesterol that's the issue. It's more so the saturated fat. So whenever somebody is recently diagnosed with hypertension or high blood pressure, or they're diagnosed with atherosclerosis or hypertriglyceridemia, um, they're going to recommend that they're going to avoid saturated fats and dietary cholesterol and sodium. Now, saturated fats are going to come from animal sources. So if you're avoiding bacon, you're avoiding the cholesterol, and you're avoiding the saturated fat, which both are going to be beneficial. Okay? Now, some things that they will recommend that you do is to eat more whole grains because those whole grains are going to have fiber. And in general, you could just eat more fiber, which would come from plant sources, and that fiber is actually going to remove some of the extra cholesterol that you have. So HDL is going to do a good job. LDL will be lower because you're not eating as much saturated fat or animal fats. And you have the extra fiber to bind to cholesterol and remove it from your body. So it's a double whammy. That's why on the Cheerios box, you see it says maybe heart healthy. Or you see on your oatmeal uh, canister, it's going to say can be part of a heart healthy diet. Well, so can beans, so can salads, so can whole grains like quinoa, brown rice, whole wheat pasta, whole grain bread, any of those things were all going to be beneficial. The other thing that's going to be beneficial coming from those plants is potassium. So potassium is kind of the antithesis, the opposite of what salt does. Potassium can actually help to fight heart disease. And as a nation, we get too much sodium and not enough potassium, so it's a double whammy. Now, the American Heart Association comes out, uh, I'm not sure if it's every year or not, but they come out with their Salty Six. And these are the highest contributors of sodium to the American diet. Now, I usually ask people to come up with what they think the saltiest foods are that are in their diet. And without a doubt, it's always going to be chips, fries, overarching fast food, and then because I teach a lot of students, the other answer is ramen.
However, the most recent American Heart Association Salty Six publication showed that the number one contributor to salt in the American diet is bread. But it doesn't taste salty. We'll talk about that in a second. And then there's pizza is number two. Sandwiches is number three because it also has bread. And if you're going to add cheese and meat to it, then that's going to increase the salt content. And then cold cuts is number four. Number five is soup. And number six is burritos. And if on your burrito or taco, you're putting canned beans, canned corns, marinade, sauces, cheese, sour cream, salsas, guacamole, those things can add up in sodium. What's interesting is that people go out to eat and they're like, oh, no, I can't have uh, chips because those are too salty. But, yeah, I'll get a I'll get a sandwich. But the bread on your sandwich can have more salt than the chips are going to offer if you were just to eat that bag of chips. I'm not telling you to have a free-for-all for chips. I'm just saying that sometimes what you think is the saltiest might not be the saltiest because of how it's made. The salt on the chips is going to be typically on the top. And so it gets access to those taste buds. Whereas the salt that's in the bread is going to be mixed into the dough and you can't really taste it. But it's important to remember that eating more plants is going to be the bigger benefit. So avoiding those saturated fats, avoiding the animal fats, whether that is going to be butter or marbled steak or like an 80-20 hamburger, Getting those leaner meats is going to be beneficial. Okay, so I'm not saying this to scare anybody, but just for the reality of the situation. Hypertension is known as the silent killer for the sole purpose that no one knows that they really have it. Yes, you might know that your blood pressure is high at a time, but hypertension is defined as having a high blood pressure for a sustained period of time. And while you might be upset and you can like see that vein popping into your forehead because you're just so mad, the reality is, is that you're not going to be able to see that your blood pressure is elevated. So getting it tested can be a very beneficial thing to know just what your blood pressure is normally. So that when you go to the doctor and it's high, you're like, yeah, that is high for me. Or you can say, yeah, that is pretty normal for me. So knowledge is power. Now, some people think, well, it's a little too late. So how do I uh, make these changes? And can I repent? And the truth is, yes, you can. Now, Elijah says that he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. In the scriptures, it talks about how as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So how can we change how we are thinking to make it so that we can have a healthier life? And if we've already initiated those unhealthy behaviors, or we already have hypertension, or hypertension runs in our family, what can you do to change it? First, limiting the amount of red meats and fatty meats that you are going to choose or choosing leaner cuts. So this is where coming in and choosing fish or choosing chicken is going to be more beneficial than if you're going to choose a fatty cut of steak or an 80-20 ground beef or things like that. There's also a professor, uh, Dr. Dean Ornish, who's out in California who has done a lot of research on reversing the damage of heart disease. And believe it or not, the majority of what he does is has, has people eat plants. There's also the Mediterranean diet, which most people have heard of. And it's a largely plant-based diet. They don't eat a lot of red meat. They do eat a lot of fish. They eat a lot of nuts and seeds because those have healthy fats in them. And that can help to fight heart disease as well. So there's a lot of things that you can do. And I'm not saying that everybody needs to become a vegetarian or vegan. 
If you would like to, you are more than welcome to. But there is a lot of benefit that comes from eating plants whenever you still can consume meat. Meat's not the enemy. It's not the devil. It's just a matter of what is the ratio that we are getting from plants and what are we getting from meat. In the Word of Wisdom, it talks about consuming meat sparingly. Right? So, yes, you can have meat, but it shouldn't be the main focus of your dish. Now, for a family home evening activity, what you could do is I will include this in the show notes actually. There are things that you can do to mix different spices together, herbs and spices that are sodium free, that still add a lot of flavor to what it is that you are going to buy or whatever it is you are going to make for your meal. So, for a family home evening activity, you could get together and say, all right, how spicy do we want our. Um, taco mix to be and then you can add those spices together that will allow them to still have that taste of Mexican food but it's not going to have all the sodium that you would get from a pre-made mix that you'd get from an Albertsons, a Winn-Dixie, a Piggly Wiggly, a Harris Teeter, a Winco, any of those grocery stores that you might go to and of course Aldi any of those places. So learning how to use those spices can be beneficial, but also just finding ways to incorporate more vegetables and fruits into your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. Again, I am Zach Cordell, the host for the Latter-day Saint Nutritionist. You can find me on Facebook or on Instagram as Zach Cordell RDN or the Latter-day Saint Nutritionist. Also, in the show notes, I will have a link to the book. And again, just as a reminder, creation code is available for the next three days if you're listening when the podcast has first come out for free i will have a link to seeker and servant who have been creating the music for our podcast since the beginning which we greatly appreciate and i look forward to talking to you next time have a great day